Come on, welcome to Believer's Chapel, man. Pumped you with us this morning. Hope all have had truly a great week. What a time in worship this morning. Man, I hope that there is just this freeing sense for you truly in worship. Man, I'm excited to get into James again as we're going to be in James for a while. We're in no rush. Church, that's the deal for this year, man. We're in no rush. We're in a rush and an urgency to win souls. We're not in a rush to preach and get through uh, where we need to go in this scripture. So come on, welcome to the house, man. We're pumped that you're with us this morning. So good to see so many out on this beautiful Sunday morning. Come on, God bless you. Come on, let's get right into this in James. Come on, let's look at this. Last couple of weeks we started James. We are on verse five, but we're going to kind of look at some things. When you understand the book of James and you understand where we're at and where we've got to get to right through this book, this is an action book. Right, this is our faith on display. This is the, the, the whole series title. However many messages there'll be, they fall under one title, faith on display, that we need to put our faith on display. If I truly trust in the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I knew, and I know that I have been born again, and I know that, man, then there's an action to us to, be, to understand what it means to go be doers of the word and not just hearers only. To understand, I gotta put action to my faith. Man, I gotta put my faith on display. And man, we started this thing with James. We went into last week, we went into what it really looks like in trials and testing and kind of coming right off of that. Man, when you know that you're a believer, when you know that you're a person of faith, we shouldn't be surprised when we find ourselves in the middle of junk. Not because of sin. We talked about that last week. God hates sin. This isn't uh, your trial and your testing is not a result of your sin. If you're in sin, you need to repent. Church, we are facing a crazy season and a crazy time right now in this generation. We are, we are in the face of so many different lies, lies that are being told to our children, lies being told from right and left side of all kind of politics, lies being sold in all kind of different places. And you and I have to just say the lens that we only speak from is through the word of God. I've got to see everything through his word. So this isn't, this isn't a sin issue. We talked about this last week. This is us standing firm in our faith. And because we're standing firm in our faith, you're going to go through different trials and you're going to go through different testing. And that's going to prove your faith. Today is this. What do you do when you're in the midst of a trial? What do you do when you know you're being tested? What do you do when you know you're going through this? Okay, this is a, a proving point for me. This is a, this is a test. This is how I got to prove myself. And, and like, what do we do when we're in the middle? He, listen, listen, hear me. Please, God doesn't just leave us out to hang by ourselves when we're going through a trial and we're going through a test. When we know my faith is being tested, I'm being proven, God's just not like, good luck, figure it out. Like, that's, that's not our God. Like he tells us in verse 5 what we're called to do when we're back is against the wall. What we're called to do when you know you're in the midst of a trial. When you know you're in the midst of a test, God simply tells us what to do. So come on, let's pray. And let's get into this this morning. Father, we thank you so much. God, what a privilege it is to be here this morning. We thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for this house. We thank you for these people. God, I pray that we would handle your word carefully and accurately today. God, give me the words that I must speak. God, let us just walk in an anointing today in your word. God, I ask that you would move in such a way amongst every single one of us today. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, I pray that our, our heart, our spirit, our inner person 
It's ready to absorb this. For now, if the season were now, we're in a trial and a test, or we know that it's coming. So, Father, I pray that we would build a foundation on your word. Build a foundation on your word that you tell us what we need to do and what we need to know and how we need to respond. Father, I pray that we would know it. God, I ask that you would speak to us this morning. Open our eyes to your truth today. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen? Come on, let's look at this. I love it. James 5. I'm sorry, James 1. Uh, I just got, This is all kind of one thing, so let's go right from the beginning. 1-1, one, one, it says this, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And here it is. Look at verse 5. So, okay, what do we do? We're in the middle of a test, man. We're in the middle of, of, of just kind of going through this. We're in the middle of what we would consider to be a trial in my life, man. We're in the middle of this, this place of what it means to be tested and proven. And then verse 5 says this. Knowing that it's connected to 1 through 4. It's connected to my trial. It's connected to my testing. And this is what it says. But if any of you lack wisdom. Okay, so if I'm in the middle of a trial... And I know that I'm being tested. What's the one ingredient that he says you need, to, you need to have? If you lack this, if you're in the middle of a trial and you're in the middle of a test and you lack this, we need to get this. If you lack this, you need to get this. Like the Buffalo Bills lack a front line on both sides. You need to get that, right? If you know what you're lacking, hey, I'm just saying Y'all didn't look great, but that's just a different story for a different day. You know, oh, the snow. Everyone's playing on the same field. But anyways, um, <laughs> I'm just preaching and thinking at the same time, and the bills in their lack came to mind. That's not my fault. That's of the Lord. So come on. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. And nobody's disagreeing. I don't hear my dad chirping one thing because he knows. He got nothing to say. It's incredible. Come on. <laughs> It's of the Lord. It's beautiful. Come on. But when you know you lack what you need, what do you do? When you know you lack what you need, I'm in a trial, I'm in a test, and if you lack this, then go get this. Do we understand that? This is the huge piece. This is, this is kind of the, the, the one this is like the first inning of this series. And so we're trying to put these pieces together. And, and, and when you understand, man, yes, I get the trial. I get the testing. I, I get that, man, if I truly come to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I know it's not just going to be easy peasy. I know it's not going to be, you know, lollipops and gumdrops. I know that there's going to be times that the enemy now has a target on my back. And I now know that there's going to be going through these seasons, that there's going to be trials and there's going to be testing. And, I, and watch this. We should hope that we're not left alone. We should hope the enemy knows exactly where we're at, who we are, and what we're doing. We hope that the enemy knows that we are bold and unashamed. We hope the enemy knows that we are taking ground for our king who is Jesus and taking people truly by truth that they would make a decision by the grace of God to come out of darkness and into his marvelous light that this is who we are. We hope that the enemy takes notice if he's not taking notice. Hello. 
Church, we need the enemy to take notice of us doing the work of God and building his kingdom and watching light come and darkness leave and watching us in the name of Jesus on our face, praying and believing that God is going to do a miraculous work in people's lives, whether you are praying for a particular person whether you're praying for a husband or a wife, whether you're praying for a son or a daughter, whether you're praying for a friend or a neighbor, that people need Jesus. And man, what happens when you're on that game and you get this, guess what? There's going to be things that just don't go your way. Don't buy into the lie that Christianity is just easy peasy, lollipops and gumdrops, blue skies every day. No, you go through it. You go through it. Your back is against the wall many times. And I love this because it says, if you lack this, what is this? It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Church, I don't know if we understand the true value of wisdom. I don't know if we truly understand the deep value of a godly wisdom. And I'm a huge fan of the book of Proverbs. I'm a huge fan of going through the book. Today, we go through what is today, the, the 30th or what is today, the 29th or the 30th, right? And we get into this where I am accustomed to trying to read whatever day it is, that chapter. And when you see Proverbs as God's advice, it's simple. God's advice for daily life. That's the book of wisdom. That's the book of Proverbs. And when you know its value, you devour it. Because if he's telling us, listen, if you lack wisdom, this is what you need to get through your trial and to pass your test, is you need wisdom. To get through your trial and to pass your test, if you lack wisdom, this is what you need. How valuable is wisdom? God's advice. Listen, not political advice, not right or left advice, not teacher's advice. Listen, if your family doesn't know Jesus, at times, not their advice. Find advice from God and God's people. This is where our advice comes from. If you are under a counselor that doesn't have God's advice, like they might be more lost than you are. Like when you, I'm not against counseling. Christian counseling is my encouragement. We have a couple in the church who are brilliant. Like this is what I'm talking about. Where is it that you put a line to say, I'm going to take God's advice and I'm going to take God's wisdom and then that's what's going to see me through. And we wonder why so many times that we just can't get through it. Because maybe you took the wrong advice. God's advice for daily life. And I encourage you starting now, every day, whatever day that is, you read that chapter in Proverbs. You make it a point to say, God, what is your advice in this? What is your advice in this? Come on, turn with me, please. Keep your finger in James. We'll be back to that in a minute. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. And Proverbs is written by a king named um, Solomon. Proverbs has, has a few different authors. Solomon is the main author. <clears throat> and when you understand the depth of Solomon's wisdom, and then you understand that he wrote it all down for us, how hungry are we for God's advice? How hungry are we for wisdom? Again, this is one of those things that like we can get advice and we can get bad advice. 
and we follow bad advice, you end up in a bad place. Hear me, when you follow bad advice, you better be very careful on the advice you're getting. You got to be very careful on who's giving you advice. If you're getting bad advice, you're going to end up in a bad place. When you understand the value of true godly wisdom, when you understand what it took for Solomon to write us out, Proverbs and even Ecclesiastes is a part of Solomon's books of wisdom. Man, you begin to see something here. And I want you to see this, that this was Solomon before the Lord and Solomon's taken over as king. Uh, he's followed in his father's footsteps of loving and fearing the Lord. Solomon had some issues as dad had issues, but now Solomon is in this young place. He's just a young, young boy. And he's, and he's now coming after the, the place of being king because his father was king. David is now out of the picture. Solomon's becoming king. And Solomon's like, ah, what do I do? How do I lead these people? And I love it in 1 Kings chapter 3. If you look at this in verse 9, it's in verse 5, 1 Kings 3, 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, ask what you wish me to give you. Now, when you just hear that, like when you think of this, like when God shows up to a dream and says, Sean, whatever you want, whatever you want, you ask, I give. Knowing Solomon being in this leadership position, Solomon being king over God's chosen people. Solomon, you ask, I'll give. Does the selfishness come out in that question? Lord, I'll take, man, future. I'll take finances. God, I'll take the million dollars or the billion dollars now. God, I'll take security forever for my family. God, I'll take like that career job. Like, what, does, does, does self come out in that that now just becomes singularity? God, bless me. God, you said that I could ask anything and I want you to bless me. So God shows up to Solomon in the dream and says, ask whatever you want. Verse 6, then Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according to how he walked before you in truth, righteousness, and uprightness of heart toward you. And you've reserved for him this great loving kindness that you've given him, a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, may God, may, watch this, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or how to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant. Here it is. This is God says, ask and I'll give. He could have asked anything. And this is what he asks. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours. God, I need, I need a heart of understanding. I need a heart to be able to discern. He's saying, God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. He could have asked for anything. And he says, the one thing that I need is wisdom. And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And we see that 
God gives him discernment. God gives him wisdom. God gives him understanding. And God says, it's going to be you having wisdom like no one else ever on the planet will have. Like when you, when you see this where God says, Solomon, I've given you something that no man will ever have. In the sense of your place of wisdom. In the sense of how wise you will be. In the sense of how you discern issues, trials, and tests. The, uh, how, how you go through life and give people advice. How you write out things for people that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you see how all of this comes through. And then you see in 1 Kings chapter 4. Verse 29 says this. Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and the breath of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all the wisdom of, of, of Egypt. And he was wiser than all men. And he goes through a list. And then you see verse 34. Men came from all peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So wait a minute, Sean, you're telling me that God gave Solomon this sense of wisdom. And in having so much wisdom that there were kings from all over the earth that would travel, camelback, travel to get and sit before Solomon to hear this wisdom. So th this is, listen, church, I'm doing this on purpose because you got to understand the depth of wisdom and you understand the value of wisdom. If you're going through a test, James 1, and you're going through a trial and God says, listen, this is what you need, but yet you don't value that, you're never going to get it. If you don't understand the depth and value of wisdom, you're never going to ask for it. And we see here that the author of Proverbs which is God's advice, it's God's wisdom. Had all the kings of the earth travel just to be in his presence to gain this wisdom. And here all we have to do is open up to about the center of our Bibles and gain that wisdom. If it's true in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, that all the kings would travel to gain this wisdom, to gain this advice, to sit before King Solomon. And he wrote it all down for us. How much time are we spending valuing God's wisdom when he says, this is what you need? Come on, go to Proverbs chapter 2, please. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. James 1 says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives generously. Ask of God who gives generously. What does God give generously? He gives you everything that you need. 
to, gotta, to get past the trial, to be able to pass the test. He gives you what you need, but you got to go into a place called wisdom and figure it out. Ask God, God, give me wisdom. God, help me to see. Help me to go through these books of wisdom. Help me to go through Proverbs. Help me to go through Ecclesiastes. God, help me to understand. It's all written down for me. God, have I not valued this before? Have I not seen this before? God, you say if I ask of you for wisdom, it's not like God's holding back. It's not like God's going, no, I'm sorry. Nope, that's just, that's just for a special group of people who can have that. No, man, he gave it to Solomon. Solomon rolled it all down for us in the book of Proverbs so that we could go and say, okay, let me figure out this. God, what is your advice in this? God, my back is against the wall. What is your advice in this? And I love it where God says, I don't just hold back. I give it generously. I give it in abundance. Proverbs 2 says this. Look at this, verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The, the, the word knowledge means the ability to know. The word understanding is to gain insight. God, you have given me, you've given me wisdom, which is my, my skill or my ability of God, your advice for daily life. It's not that complicated. God's advice for everyday living. God, how do I live this life? How do I get through my daily life, day after day? How do I walk in you? God's advice. God's wisdom. That's what wisdom is. And again, I, I encourage you to be very careful on where you're getting your advice from. If you think Oprah is giving you good advice, BC. If you think Dr. Phil's got the answers, turn your TV off and get into Proverbs. I mean that with everything in me. If you're reading the greatest self-help book and it's leading you away from wisdom of God, then you're going to be in a bad place. Where are you getting your advice from? When it's, again, it says this, for the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord gives you your, your, your advice for daily life. For from his mouth comes knowledge. Man, I, I, I can know this, and I can have insight for this. Man, I can have an understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding. Look at what wisdom does. It guards the path of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. Then you will discern. When I gain God's wisdom, then you will discern what is right righteousness, right according to what God says is right, right? Justice and equity, that is a just system. We are losing this right now in America. We're losing what it is, choice consequences being a wash. There has to be justice consequences to bad action. We, we're losing that. This is where wisdom comes into play. Going, I need to be able to discern that no, there should be a just action to this wrong action. Like where is that balance? These are all things we need to be aware of. Then you will discern righteousness, justice, equity, and every good course, every pleasant path, being fruitful. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. And discretion means think through it. You better think through it. When, I, when I'm having discretion, I have a deep understanding. Is this person for me, or are they against me? Does this person have a foul play for me? Do they have a bad plan for me? What is this person's intent? They can come all cheerful. They can come with flattery words. They can come in all high. You might think until you say, no, wait a minute. Give me discretion. 
I don't want to get, get blindsided. Give me the direction here. Help, help me to see their true intent. I'm not worried about their good words. I'm not worried about their kind. I'm not worried about their flattery. I'm not worried about their fluff. God, what is their intent? Are they good for me or not? And that, that's, that's discretion. Could you imagine how much you would be saved if you understood that, man? Understood what it means to think through it. Understood what it means to have true discernment. Understand, understand what it is to think through your plan. To know is it an evil plan that people are coming against me. Understand will watch Oh, understanding will watch over you. It will deliver you from the way of evil. And it just keeps going on all of these beautiful things that it, it helps us through. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 13. Here's the value of wisdom. You can write that down. It's the value of wisdom. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. Isn't it amazing? Solomon, whatever you want. God, I need to understand your people. I need to be able to discern before right and wrong. God, I need to be able to walk in a place of wisdom that comes from you. God, that's what I need. And if you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 4, you'll see God said this, because you asked for that, I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you land. Church, what is it in our heart to say, God, I just need your wisdom more than I need silver and more than I need gold. Gold. I need to understand that wisdom is more profitable than finances. Wisdom is more profitable than my position. God, I need to know the value of wisdom. If I am looking at the book of James and you're going through a trial and you're under a test and you're being proven, God says, don't lack this. Make sure you have this. And if you lack this, ask me. Come and find it. Because I give generously. Church, I love this. I love it that God gives us an understanding of what I'm supposed to do when I'm going through it. God, what am I supposed to do? Look at the value of wisdom. Verse 15, she's more precious than jewels. And nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. That's wisdom. When you walk in wisdom, you can have, even in the chaos on the outside, you can have a security of peace on the inside. She's the tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all those who take her fast. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth, and by understanding, established the heavens. Church, are you getting this, this huge peace? Of verse 5 of James 1 says we better know the value of wisdom, a godly wisdom, because if it's not a godly advice, you're going to find yourself in a bad place. And you look back and say, how did I get there? Man, I took this advice and it steered me the wrong way. You better be careful on the advice you're getting. And listen, this is, the, again, this is one of those series that um, I'm going to very health, help, hopefully it's healthy to get in your grill a little bit and say, hey, this is the reality of this. What is God's advice when you're, when you're going through it? Come on, turn with me quickly to Matthew 7. Turn with me click, quickly to Matthew 7, and we'll get back to James 1 and close it out. I want you to look at this in Matthew 7. What happens when you, when you realize, okay, there, I, I promise you there'll be moments that we go through it. As your pastor on the Word of God, when you go through various trials, when you go through various trials, Jesus says this in Matthew 7 again. 
He's speaking to a crowd. Look at this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to what? A wise man. Anyone who hears these words of mine. You know what he's speaking of? His word. He's speaking of the Bible. How much value do you put in the truth? Listen, everything in my life has to go through the lens of the Bible. Everything in my life, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to me parenting, when it comes to my work, when it comes to pastoring, when it comes to the things of the world, when it comes to knowing that we're <coughs> excuse me, fighting against the lives of the enemy, everything has to be filtered by the word. Everything. Your relationships, filtered by the word. How you parent, filtered by the word. Your marriage, filtered by the word. Your job, filtered by the word. When there's contention in, in regards to right and wrong and politics and people in the world, filtered by the word. It's not that complicated, church. It's not that complicated. Everything in life is a spiritual battle, not a political battle. Don't miss that. I've said that for years now. It's not political. Everything we're facing and battling in today's generation is spiritual. Always has been. Nothing new. How do I filter that? How do I filter that? Book of James is one of those books that just kind of gets in your grill. It's one of those letters just like, ah, whoo, ah, like, really? Like, ah, this is, like, ah. Like, it's one of those that just you fight within your spirit when you read through James. And it's beautiful. And you look at this, and you see this in Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, that's his word may compare, compare to a wise man who built his house on the rock. If you want to be compared to a wise man, take him at his word. Build your life on his word. Build your life off of Proverbs. Build your life off of truth. And what happens when you build your life off of truth? He tells us you're building it on the rock. Because this is what's going to happen. Watch this, verse 25. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, slammed against the house. When? When the rain. When the flood. When the wind slams against your house. When all of it settles, there it stands. Stable, unfazed, because you built your house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and it did not fall because it was built on the rock. That's what people with wisdom do. That's what wise men do. That's what people understand. God, I'm going to follow your word. Your word is wisdom. God, I'm going to get into your word and I'm going to see your plan. God, I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to see your desire. God, I'm going to get in your word and see what your will is. God, I'm going to get in your word and see who am I. My identity is in you. God, I'm going to get in your word and see what it is to be changed. I'm going to get in your word to see what your thoughts and your opinion, only one opinion matters, and it's God. God, I'm going to build everything around me on your word. When the rain comes, when the wind picks up, 
when the flood, and it slams. Church, that's an aggressive word. That's a fighting word. When it slams against your house. Ah, let it settle, baby. Here it is. I'm good. No, my house is strong. Man, my house is secure. I know what I've built on. I know I built on the rock. I know I'm living according to this word. And God tells me when it all comes, when it all stops, there you stand. There you are steadfast. There you are fixed because you built your house on the rock. Church, that's wisdom. Church, that's wisdom. So that you know I'm not where I once was. But I know I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm in the middle of the wind. I'm in the middle of a storm. I'm in the middle of the waves. And it's just slamming against my house. But I know that this is true. And my house has been built to last. Let the wind come. Let the waves come. Let the rain fall. Because what I know is true is I built my house on the rock on God's word. When everything settles, here I stand. Because that's what a wise man does. Because that's what a wise man does. Come back to James chapter 1, please. What do you do, church, when your back's against the wall? What do you do, church, when you're in the middle of a trial or you're going through a test? You need to get wisdom. You need to find God's advice. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach and it will be given to him but he must ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for that man ought to not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord being a double minded man is all his ways church there is this faith piece to this and later on in this series we're going to get to chapter 3 the end of chapter 3 and it really speaks of an earthly wisdom and a heavenly wisdom and we'll unpack that when we get there that might be our Christmas message at this rate I don't know what's going to happen here I'm really not in a rush I don't know what that looks like I'm, I'm, I got a, an idea of, of next week we're going to cover a lot I'm hoping But there's just so much in these first eight verses. There is just so much in these first eight verses. I can't speed through it, man. Because this is of the when. When you go through this. When your house is getting slammed. God, we need wisdom. God, I'm not asking as a double-minded man. God, I'm coming to you as a faith-filled, born-again believer. God, I believe your word is true, and I will walk by my faith and trust in you. And God, I'm asking you based off of my faith in you. 
and you will give me advice and you'll give it to me generously without reproach. But I come to you in faith. I come to you in believing. I'm not going to doubt. This is us asking for wisdom. Listen, don't, don't miss the context here, right? Keep this baby in the first eight. When I'm going through a trial, when I'm going through a test, God, my faith has to be intact. God, I need to trust you. Because if I can't trust you for this, I can't trust you for anything. God, I need to trust you. Watch this again. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For a man ought to not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. God, this is a big deal. In the midst of my trial, in the midst of my test, when things aren't going great, when I bat my back against a wall, when there's an affliction, when there's trouble, where's my faith? Keep it in context. If I can't have faith when things aren't going great, when I can't ask him for wisdom, and God, get me through this, how many stand firm on your word? How many follow your word? Not anyone else's advice if it's not godly advice. God, how do you see me through this? I must ask in faith or I can't expect anything from the Lord. Man, that's big. Church, that's big. What happens when we see this and we put ourselves in this word today? God, I don't want to play church. God, you're telling me if I truly believe and I walk by faith and I understand the value of your wisdom, that God, you'll see me through. But if I begin to change my house and I begin to change my house according to the word of God, I begin to change my direction and my decisions according to being built on the word of God, that when affliction comes, and when trouble comes, and when all of that settles because I've built it on your word and on your truth, and I've sought godly advice, I've, I've been giving godly wisdom. You're saying, I have no fear that we will be able to stand strong. Listen, this is, this is James speaking to a group of people that got their back against the wall in heavy persecution. And James is like, seek God. Seek God. Come to him in faith. Trust his answer. Trust the word. Don't be the double-minded. Don't be the one who gets tossed to and fro by the seas and the waves of the sea be the one who says, no, God, I want to be the one, according to Matthew 7, that you said, listen, that I would be a wise man if I built my house on the rock. He who hears my words and obeys them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rain fell and the waves tumbled against the house, it did not fall. <laughs> man, that's good news. Come on, if we could stand to our feet, please. Church, I encourage you to spend time on the Word. Read the Word every day. Don't miss 
the value of God's Word. Don't miss the value of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Go through it. Mark it up. It is nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget of God's advice. It doesn't read like a story. It reads like, ah, there's a hit. There's, there's a, a, a great dinger there. Oh, I needed that. Oh, you're dealing with my mouth. Oh, you're dealing with my finances. Oh, you're dealing with my marriage. Oh, you're dealing with my attitude. Oh, you're dealing like, it's just like, woo. When you get done with Proverbs, it's like punch a bag for good news. Like you're like, okay, that hurt, but I feel better. That hurt, but I feel better. Bow your heads, please, because that's just the, it sounds funny, but it's the truth. When you read through God's wisdom, sometimes it can hurt. But it feels better. Come on, where are you in this? Where are you in this? What has God spoke to you today by his Holy Spirit? Maybe you're in this place, you're like, I need wisdom. God, I am in the middle of it. God, I have sought advice from the wrong place and I feel like I'm in the wrong direction. The advice you better be getting better be a godly advice. My strong encouragement is you go to a godly counselor. A godly counselor. My advice is you get into Proverbs yourself. You get into God's word yourself. You begin to train yourself. I need to see things through one direction and that my lens and my eyes are in and through his word and his word alone. It's amazing because many times you'll just hear that amazing little voice through 4610 of Psalms that says, just be still. Relax. Relax. I'm God. That's what God would say to you. Relax and know that I am God. That's what God would say to you. Relax. I'm the creator and the owner of all things. Cease striving. Relax. And if anyone needs prayer for any reason this morning, man, we would love to pray with you. You want to talk about Jesus? We'd love to talk about Jesus. We'd love to come up and have conversations with you. But as we close in a song, man, let's just nail this down today. God, what have you spoke to me? God, give me wisdom. You, you say if I ask in full faith, you'll give me the direction through your word. Come on, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for the moments today. We love your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name. Come on, let's close it out. Amen.